This, this is the Buck Sexton Show, where the mission, or mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence. One Make no mistake. America. Great. You're a great American. Again. The Buck Sexton Show begins. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. He's a great guy. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Hello, everybody. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for the great Buck Sexton with you here again. Such an honor. Such a terrific opportunity to be filling in for Buck Sexton. Buck is a dear friend. He's an American patriot. He is someone who I admire dearly. Uh, We work with a lot at Turning Point USA. I'm the founder and executive director of Turning Point USA, the nation's largest student movement dedicated, dedicated to educating, empowering, and organizing the next generation around the principles of free markets, limited government, and the Constitution. We believe America is the greatest country ever to exist in the history of the world. We believe that our country is worth understanding and preserving and protecting. We believe that our country has made mistakes, but our country is not a mistake. And we believe that America has been a force for good around the world. And we believe that these ideas, these timeless ideas, will be fundamental and paramount towards turning our country around, hence the name Turning Point USA. I'm also the host of the Charlie Kirk Show podcast. That can be found on Apple Podcasts. You type in Charlie Kirk Show, press subscribe, give it that five-star rating. That really helps us out. And it's just such a thrill to be hosting the Buck Sexton Radio Show again. And uh, let's dive right into it. So I was watching this story that said ICE to move 225,000 illegals across country, thousands more to South Florida. And I don't understand why they would actually be sent to South Florida. It doesn't seem as if, I don't think Miami or South Florida are sanctuary cities. And so that doesn't really add up to me. However, if you were going to send them, send them to San Francisco or send them to Manhattan, the very cities, or Portland or Seattle, the very cities that have passed these sanctuary city measures. I have the great opportunity at Turning Point USA to be able to work with some of the most exciting and charismatic and driven voices in the entire movement. We have have had just some amazing blessings of opportunities, and our next guest is no different. Uh, He's a dear friend. He is a veteran. Uh, He is a patriot, and he is a voice that the left is doing everything they can to prevent from getting that message out. It is uh, a a great honor to introduce my friend and uh, spokesperson at Turning Point USA, Rob Smith. Rob, are you on the line? I am on the line, Charlie. Thanks for coming here. Now, Rob is a veteran. He is black, and he's also gay. So according to the American left, Rob... You do not exist. So tell the audience a little about your story. And uh, we're just so thrilled to be uh, working with you at Turning Point USA to get your message out to millions and millions more people. Absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me, Charlie. Um, Second of all, yes, my my story. I am a uh, America's favorite black gay Republican, (laughs) as I like to call myself. Um, My story is I am somebody who is 
a working class black kid from Akron, Ohio. I joined the military right out of high school to serve my country, um, to, you know, find a, a, a better way to do a, a whole lot of different things. I served uh, one tour in the I served two, sort, two tours in the Middle East, um, one tour in Iraq. And I came out, quote unquote, as a conservative about a year ago in response to um, not only the outrage culture of the left, but also my red pill moment, uh, as I like to say, was when a terrorist killed 49 gays and lesbians in a gay bar in Pulse, Orlando. You know, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm black and gay. You know, the left is the place for me. The left is supposed to protect me. The left did none of those things in the wake of that horrific terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. um, I remember people that were supposed to be the spokesperson for the LGBT community who were afraid to call out radical Islamic terrorism. They were afraid to call it out. OK, because they were afraid that they would be, quote unquote, excommunicated from the left. And that on top of reading a, a very profound book by Ann Coulter called Adios America, um, that pretty much accelerated my red pill moment. And I remember a year ago, about this time, right before I came out, I was sitting in Las Vegas. My, my very best friend, a dear friend, lives in Las Vegas. And I was thinking about doing all this. I was thinking about, quote unquote, coming out as a black gay conservative. And I knew that I had to make it a huge media moment. I had to make it as big a splash as possible because I had to let the left know that they do not own black votes, that mm. they do not own gay votes, that they do not own my black gay vote. And wow. since that happened, I have been, you know, on the receiving end of a lot of attacks from the left, as I'm sure you, you know, as we know, uh, you have as well. Well, and, and Rob, Rob, that is such an important point. And I, yeah. I just draw such inspiration because the left has rules, don't they? It seems like they have rules for alleged political conversation. And they say... Rule. Yeah, and so walk through some of those rules and some of the backlash you have received for just thinking for yourself. Well, you know, some of the, some of the rules of the left is basically even... Let's just even start with the black thing. All black people, according to the left, all black people have to be Democrats. If you are a black person and you espouse any sort of views or any sort of ideas that are not in line with far left ideology, you're excommunicated. You're called an Uncle Tom. You're called a house inward. You're called all these different things just because you do not adhere to leftist ideology. So the rule of the left is that as a black person, you have to be a Democrat. The rule of the left is a gay person. You have to be a Democrat um, and you have to adhere to all of this. You know, you have to adhere to all the transgender ideology. You have to adhere to everything the left says. And the second you step outside of that, you are excommunicated because the thing about the left is that they talk a lot about diversity. They, they love diversity mm -hmm. of skin tone. They love having lots of different people that all look differently, but think the exact same yes. way. Yes. And I, you know, I'm a conservative that lives in the bluest of the blue. I live in New York City. <laughs> and when I came out as conservative last year, I was completely excommunicated from the gay community here in New York City. Um, wow. No more event invites. No more this. No more that. You know, people literally avoid my gaze as I'm walking down the street. You know, people that I've known in the city for years. People Isn't that horrible, Rob? You and, know, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't like to see myself as a victim. Obviously, it's a very bad thing. It doesn't feel good, and it hurt. 
But I realized that I have to make this statement and make this stand because I get so many messages via social media from so many people who are afraid to come out as conservative because they're afraid that what happened to me will happen to them. Well, and so let's talk about the LGBT um, community in particular. Q-I-A-K-Z plus plus right, exclamation which, point exclamation point. Right. And and so I I always never understood why there was this belief that gay people had to be had to be liberals. And so do you find that there are more members of the LGBT community coming out as conservatives? Do you get those messages? Do you get that kind of impression? Yeah, I get I, I really get that impression. I get those messages a lot. There's Charlie, there's something going on right now. You're not going to see it reflected in the mainstream media because number one, they're the last to know anything. Uh, mm-hmm. and number and they two, always get it wrong. They always get it wrong. They're always the last to know everything. And, and also, they don't want to elevate what's going on. So I get messages constantly, okay, from gay men, from lesbians who are saying, no, I don't identify with the left anymore. And, it, and it's not even the same reasons that I don't identify with the left. Like, for me, it was the post Orlando thing. It was that transgender, mm-hmm. transgender ideology is going absolutely crazy. But some people are telling me, you know, I believe in limited government. You know, I am a gay man who happens to be a small business owner, right? And and I know that democratic policies and, and leftist laws hurt me as a business owner. So I, I'm getting all of these messages as well. And I think that the idea that gays and lesbians have to be liberals and have to be Democrats is a very new development because after the Don't Ask, Don't Tell law, which um, basically banned gay and lesbian soldiers from serving openly, when that was repealed and when marriage equality was passed, because marriage equality is a law of the land, and our president mm-hmm. just said today that he has no problem with Pete Buttigieg being married to a man. Isn't that amazing? First, I, I just want to, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Rob. That's a Republican no, president no. saying that. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? I mean, it is an amazing thing for this moment in, in, in American history. And I may add that President Donald Trump is the first president in American history to enter office as a supporter of marriage yes. equality, which he gets no credit for from the left. Yes. And I, I just quickly did a Google search of Trump, Pete Buttigieg, trying to, you know, trying to see if this would get a headline. He gets no credit for having a view that is different than the traditional Republican dogma. I finally unearthed it. Third page. Trump on Pete Buttigieg marriage to a man. I think it's absolutely fine. Great. Isn't that amazing, Rob? That's, that's that, amazing and, to but me. You know, but do you know what's amazing? You know what's really interesting about this, in my opinion? Love to get your take on it. The left wants Trump to be angry at him. Don't they? They almost want it to be an issue, and I think they're disappointed that the president is okay with it. They, they are disappointed, the left, um, and, and especially the far-left LGBT movement right now, right? They need for Donald, or they need for the president to be their, their anti-gay boogeyman. They need for him to be homophobic. They need for him to be all of these things because they don't want to see the fact that there are a lot of gays and lesbians waking up um, to conservatism, and there are a lot of gay and lesbian supporters of the president. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, when I was in uh, uh, Florida a couple of months ago, I was I was doing a Judge Janine show um, on Fox News. I was doing a, a remote hit for her, and I was actually able to meet another gay influencer in Florida. I think his name is the Brookback Patriot. Yeah, oh, great God. guy. 
great guy. Yeah, great guy. He and his boyfriend, you know, are literally, um, they, they, there's this photo of them that went semi-viral. They're kissing in MAGA hats. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's a very, that's very powerful imagery. And people who have a vested interest in promoting this idea that the Republican Party hates gay people and is so anti-gay and is so homophobic, they want to ignore those images. And when they're not completely trying to slam me or shut me down, they're trying to pretend that I don't exist. Well, I just I disrupt their narrative. Rob, you actually believe this or not, but just for the audience to understand, I follow the president. I follow a lot of his comments. I didn't know he made these comments about Pete Buttigieg until you just mentioned it. Isn't that amazing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, amazing. I'm in the and weeds of this stuff. That's amazing. And I'm really pleased he said that because I agree with him. I think it is absolutely fine. It's the law of the land. And I, I'm just amazed at how the media continues to try to misrepresent the president and also the vice president. And so, Rob, start on that note. We have to take a quick break. We'll come back. Just start really quick before the break on the vice pre- the lies around the vice president and then we'll come right back on that yeah well there's um this big lie uh going around about vice president pence that he supports conversion therapy uh, for gay and lesbian minors which is completely false and based on a total misrepresentation of campaign language that was on a website when he was governor literally years and years ago but i'll definitely go into that when you get back Totally. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Rob Smith, spokesperson from Turning Point USA, tpusa.com. He's an unbelievable voice, charismatic, principled, patriotic. Follow him on Twitter. I think it's at Rob Smith online. Is that correct, if I'm not mistaken? Absolutely. And uh, we'll be right back. Charlie Kirk filling in for the Buck Sexton Radio Show. Welcome back. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for Buck Sexton on the Buck Sexton Radio Show. We were just chatting with my good friend and spokesperson for Turning Point USA, Rob Smith. He's a patriot. Follow him on Twitter, at Rob Smith Online. So, Rob, you were about to mention some of the lies about Vice President Pence. And can you talk a little bit about Pete Buttigieg and just how it seems he is making it seem as if, since he is a gay veteran, which you are as well, he must be on the left. Talk about how that kind of destructive identity politics is something you're pushing back against. I mean, the thing about who uh, Buddha judge is this, he is picking a fight with the left's favorite, you know, um, quote unquote, homophobic boogeyman, uh, vice president, Mike Pence, in order to ingratiate himself to the far left. This mm. is what he's doing. He's doing it for attention. He's doing it to ingratiate himself to the far left. Um, and what I think when I see it, I, I, I feel like it's patently obvious I feel like it's cynical, and I feel like, honestly, that a lot of people are actually seeing through it right now. Well, I and, love that and, point, Rob. Excuse me. I just, I, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I just, I, what I loved was what you just said is he's picking a fight. It's not like Pence attacked yeah. him, did he? Never. Never. As a matter of fact, um, by, by all reports, the two men had a very cordial and professional relationship when mm-hmm. they were both working in Indiana politics. Yeah, and it seems as if the truth, yeah, it seems as if the truth of just saying, yeah, you know, I did work with Mike Pence and he's a decent guy. We just have different views on marriage, not on decency, but on marriage. That wouldn't win him any votes, would it? It It wouldn't win him any votes and it wouldn't win him any attention. Here's the thing. I don't believe that Pete Buttigieg is really serious about running for president. I think he wanted to make a name for himself. I think he wanted to to get out um, out of Indiana. And what I also think is that he's using destructive and very cynical identity politics to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very manipulative. And as somebody who used to be on the left and used to be very 
sort of open to to all of this stuff. Now that I'm conservative and now that I'm on the right, my eyes have been opened. I see exactly what is going on. And I'm trying to open as many people's eyes as possible to exactly what's going on here. Well, talk talk even a little bit more about that in the couple minutes we have remaining. The message that you're bringing to college campuses. And I think you're such an important voice, Rob, because you've served our country two, two, two tours overseas. And you and Pete Buttigieg, all of our veterans are American heroes. But you also crush the monolith of thinking that I'm also, hey, I'm gay. I'm also black. Whoa, that's an amazing, um, I mean, that's amazing that you have the courage then to also just step up and have the positions you have and the courage and the conviction. Now talk about your message. Talk about how the response you're getting and give the audience just a little bit of hope for what you're seeing and the dial that you see that's moving at Turning Point USA and the work that you're doing. Absolutely. I think my message is is pretty simple. You know, black people don't have to be Democrats. Gay people don't have to be Democrats. Latino people don't have to be Democrats. Your immutable biological characteristics do not have to influence your politics in that way. And I think that that. identity politics in that way um, is so destructive. And I like to say that I believe that all politics is identity politics. The left uses identity politics and the right uses it. I use identity politics to bring people together, to tell people that no matter what their skin color, sexual orientation or religion or anything else is, you can still love America. You can still be a patriot. You can still be invested um, in the future of this country. That's the message that I really want to bring to college campuses because my entire point is to get us talking again mm-hmm. and to fight for free speech and to not shut down discussion in the way that you know it has been shut down on college campuses it's so horrible. much. It's horrible what has happened. Five to seven years. And I remember I, you know, I was down at um, Texas State University talking to a student when you know, I went down there and I talked to a couple of students and I talked to this one young lady and I put it on my Instagram and she was so closed off to even hearing any ideas that were different from her own. You know, she was very far left. She had an Obama T-shirt on. And, and I commend the young lady for even speaking with me. Sure. She was so closed off. And, and it's not the kind of thing that, that makes me angry at all. It just makes me sad. Um, but it also gives me the fire that I need to go out here and say, hey, it doesn't even matter um, if you're liberal or conservative. We should all be fighting for the right for all views to be heard. And I don't want that young lady to think that she has to be a liberal Democrat just because of the color of her skin. Well, Rob, I just commend you so much for bringing that message. we got to wrap it up. That's Rob Smith from Turning Point USA. God bless you, Rob. Everybody else, we'll be right back. Thank you again, Rob, for joining us. He's holding the line for America. Buck Sexton is back. Hello, everybody. This is Charlie Kirk, founder of Turning Point USA, tpusa.com. Also host of The Charlie Kirk Show. Go to Apple Podcasts, type in Charlie Kirk Show, press subscribe. Filling in for my friend Buck Sexton. Our call-in number is 844-900-2825. That's 844-900-2825. We got Bill from Oregon on the line. Bill, how are you doing? Just fine. How about yourself? I I'm doing great. Question. Our beloved president, I love what he says about the gay community. Because he says he has thousands. He probably does have thousands of them working for him. Correct? Well, I mean, if it, I would say in his enterprises, sure. If you're talking about his private business, I think that's that's no, fair to say. Yeah. Sure. No, in his you know, enterprises. 
But what he was, I love what he said about it, and I read his books, and it opened my mind up. He does not like the word uh, homosexual or any of that gay community. He hates that. He refers to people. We all have our own uh, choice in life. You know, some have a different lifestyle than others. That's it. There's no difference. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes, and and the president is very, I would say, um, cutting edge on this issue because it's traditionally Republicans would not have this this view at all. I know, but we have to. There's no difference in them. You know, I mean, I have friends that are. I mean, I don't care what they do. I, I totally agree. So thanks so much for your call. I appreciate it. And again, the phone number is 844-900-2825. And I just want to reinforce something that our good friend Rob Smith from Turning Point USA said. He said, essentially, this president is the first president in American history, incoming president in American history, to support gay marriage or be okay with gay marriage, if you will. This is so new, so fundamental that that even Obama, when he was coming into office in 2008, said marriage was between one man and one woman. And it is amazing that a Republican president, a president that is hated so much by the liberal press, holds these ideas. There was some news uh, out today about kind of the FISA surveillance and the Mueller report and the FBI. Let's go to cut one kind of on some of the recent comments uh, from the attorney general and the president. The thing that's interesting about this is that this was handled at a very senior level of these departments. It wasn't handled in the ordinary way that investigations or counterintelligence activities are conducted. It was sort of an ad hoc small group, and most of these people are no longer with the FBI or the CIA or the other agencies involved. That was uh, from Fox News. Uh, Of course, that was Attorney General Bill Barr, who was talking about that these were the highest levels of government that were doing the surveilling and actually corrupting our law enforcement institutions. And Attorney General Bill Barr is on an investigative mission to find out exactly the process that the spying and the surveillance of the Trump campaign. How did it happen? Who approved it? Why was it approved? Not only that, what about Peter Strzok's insurance policy? What about Lisa Page, the lover. What about Brennan? What did Clapper know? What did these people know it? And how did they know it? What were they involved? Did President Obama know? There are so many unanswered questions around the surveillance. So let's go to cut two. I think there's a misconception out there that we know a lot about what happened. Uh, The fact of the matter is Bob Mueller did not look at the government's activities. He was looking at whether or not the Trump campaign had uh, conspired with the Russians. But he was not going back and looking at the counterintelligence program. And uh, we have a number of uh, investigations underway that touch upon it, the main one being the Office of Inspector General that's looking at the FISA warrants. But uh, as far as I'm aware, no one has really looked across uh, the whole waterfront. Again, that's Fox News, uh, credit of that. Um, Attorney General Bill Barr makes the point that we haven't even begun investigating the government's role in all this. That we have not even begun to look into what did the government actually do? What, how did they use the highest levels of power to go after a president they didn't like? And Bill Barr, boy, I mean, you talk about someone who's been around for some time. You look, you turn, you look around as someone who's actually been around for um, decades and was a former attorney general and now has seen his department 
that he once oversaw corrupted and really poisoned by the far left in this country about people that did not want to see Donald Trump become president of the United States and try to disrupt and try to interrupt his incoming administration in any way possible, any way imaginable. Attorney General Bill Barr has done such a phenomenal job of deliberately and patiently going through this process to uncover the corruption and uncover the um, the nefarious behavior behind the spying and the surveillance on Donald Trump. And when with Bob Mueller, I do have a question for Bob Mueller, a question that I when if he actually goes in front of Congress, here is the question that I have. When did he know there was no collusion? He was special counsel for quite some time. When did he actually know? When did he come to that conclusion? Was it January of this year? Was it January of last year? Because it was a two-year investigation. You're trying to tell me that 400-page report was just done overnight, meaning he got done with it two weeks before that the report came out? Of course not. I think he knew early on. I think he came to the conclusion that there was very little else to investigate, that the investigation had to be closed. Yet he continued it. Yet he continued this investigation for a singular particular pur- for a singular purpose. It was doing political harm to the president. That the left in this country was enjoying the what if parade. That the political left in this country was enjoying the opportunity to use the unknowns of the Mueller report to go after the president of the United States. To, to decrease his poll numbers. To attack his credibility. And to destabilize the footing and the momentum that he was enjoying amongst the base in this country. That is why Bob Mueller took as long as he did. Bob Mueller could end this investigation probably a couple months into it, but that wouldn't have made good headlines. He had to go lock up a couple Trump officials for non-related Russian collusion charges. Paul Manafort, Rick Gates. Rick Gates has been helpful in the prosecution of Paul Manafort, but Michael Cohen... George Papadopoulos, we'll see what happens to Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, so on and so forth. And Bob Mueller was using his power there and was using it to try to go after allies and people that were in proximity of the Trump campaign. When Bob Mueller could have easily discontinued this investigation very quickly, because he knew he was a reasonable, reasonably smart guy, very smart person. He's, and he's comes with high recommendations of ethics. He could have ended this thing a lot quicker than two years and $30 million of investigations. And so Bill Barr, from the Fox News interview, said, there now are ongoing investigations into the origins of this Russia probe. For example, who knew that this dossier was actually funded by Hillary Clinton and the Democrat National Committee? When did this get discovered? Was this known by any judge? Did they just say that they had credible evidence around it? And if so, why? Why weren't there more questions around the funding of this dossier? Why weren't there more questions around the intelligence process or lack thereof behind this dossier? And the dossier was then used as a tool to spy on Donald Trump. 
and to create this narrative in the highest levels of the FBI, including Andrew McCabe. Andrew McCabe still said on 60 Minutes, as recent as a couple months ago, that there is credible intelligence that the president did indeed collude with the foreign power. Now, it is impossible to prove a negative, but if there is ever an opportunity to actually prove a negative, that would be the Mueller report. As exhaustively an investigation possibly could, the president has been totally and completely cleared on this issue. The president has been completely vindicated and exonerated on this issue. His campaign did not collude. He did not collude. None of his allies colluded colluded whatsoever. We have another caller on the line. I kind of want to do open line Friday like Rush Limbaugh does. It's 844-900-2825. We have Kenneth from Ocean Springs, think Mississippi. Kenneth, are you on the line? Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Kurt. I, I just wanted to thank you and your organization for the work that you're doing and, and, and individuals like Candace Owens and, and, and her showing up before that committee and the, uh, you know, the videos that came out from that was so important. I tell you, she made mincemeat out of those people. And I'm just so proud of uh, the work you're doing it now. I want to say continue it. Please well, continue. Well, thank you, Kenneth. And you know, we're just so proud of her and the work that she continues to do all across the country. And she has her Blexit program. And everyone should also support her Blexit program that is educating and inspiring black America to defect from the Democrat primary uh, party. So, Kenneth, thank you so much for that call. And uh, look, the work that we are doing at Turning Point USA is fighting America's culture war. Young conservatives are under attack on college campuses across the country. In an upcoming segment on this show in the next hour, I'm going to talk about the college board president who pushes for a new SAT policy, which is absolutely unbelievable. I don't think any of you are going to be able to comprehend this. And I'm just so thankful for people like Kenneth and the grassroots donors that we have across the country that pitch in $5 and $10 behind Turning Point USA, TPUSA.com, to empower conservatives on college campuses to be able to make a difference. And so, Kenneth, we appreciate those words of support. Uh, again, the number is 844-900-2825. Let's go to Ron from Lost Point, Mississippi. Hey, Charlie, keep up the good work. I, I too, love Candace Owen. You guys at TP do a, TP do a great job. Thank you. I wanted to throw I wanted to throw this out there. This is kind of a tangent off of what's going on, but you know we're talking about the Mueller investigation. Of course, it, it's done. It should have been over with months ago. But um, I, we see atten- attorney. Uh, we see the Jerry Nadler continuing to push for this information and, and this broad based information from Donald Trump. I don't think a lot of people realize that Jerry Nadler's son Michael works for a law firm in California. Uh, Gunn is one of the partners, and I don't remember the other one. But anyhow, they have several lawsuits against Donald Trump. Mm. So my question is, or my point is, I wonder, is Nadler using or abusing his authority in Congress and his connections in Congress to do discovery on behalf of his son's lawsuit and maybe have access to information that his son's firm may not be able to acquire through their normal discovery? That's interesting. Is he using constitutional and congressional authority to skew, the, to skew the field. So what, you, what you're saying is that Jerry Nadler's son works for a law firm that is suing the president? What, what are they suing him about? 
they actually the firm has three lawsuits. Uh, and, and I can't give you the specifics. Uh, I'm sure. driving home from work, and, and and I'm not as sharp as I used to be. But, <laughs> but anyhow, uh, they have three lawsuits, and I just wonder if Nadler doesn't have a conflict of interest in all of these subpoenas and all of this information he and his colleagues are seeking from Donald Trump. That is a great point, and it would not surprise me. Jerry Nadler is. He is the worst of the worst. And, you know, what you do find, though, and this is such a great point. Thank you so much for your call. Uh, again, the number is 844-900-2825. That you find these politicians that use their position of influence to enrich their family, not just themselves. So that would not surprise me at all. we got to take a break. This is our equivalent of Open Line Friday, 844-900-2825. Call in. We'd love to, to talk to you. Charlie Kirk filling in for the great Buck Sexton founder of Turning Point USA, tpusa.com, host of the Charlie Kirk Show podcast. You can go to Apple Podcasts and press subscribe. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for the great Buck Sexton, host of the Charlie Kirk Show, founder of Turning Point USA, tpusa.com, on the front lines of America's culture war. We are fighting for free markets and limited government all across the country, over 1,400 high school and college campuses across the country, tpusa.com. We are taking calls, 844-900-2825 is the number, 844-900-2825. Brian from Ohio, you there? I had a quick question, buddy. What, uh, what do you think is going to be the turning point that America realizes that what is it going to take for people to realize that liberals are the most hypocritical people on the planet? Well, it's it seems as if there's already that boatload of evidence, isn't there? It's liberals say they hate private schools but send their kids to private schools anyway. They hate walls yet live in gated communities. They say they hate guns but walk around with armed guards. It sure seems like there's a lot of evidence anywhere, doesn't it? There's a whole bunch of it, but people still seem to follow them for some reason. And it just seems like they keep getting more and more extreme with it. I totally agree. Well, thank you so much for the call. And we find this all the time, that the left destroys everything that it touches. There's only one thing that you remember from this show. Just remember that the left will destroy everything that it touches. I'll just give you one example going on right now. Women's sports. Women's sports. The left has destroyed women's sports. Men who think they are women, biological men who think they are women, should not be able to compete against biological women. This is something that should be agreed upon. Women's sports is one of the great institutions in America. And now men, which have 30, 40, 50, 60% more muscle mass and testosterone, who think they are women compete against women. Now you have these huge men that are transgender, so they say they are women, all of a sudden competing against these women in sports, and they're winning these competitions, they're winning these state championships, they're winning everything, and we're just supposed to be okay with that? The left destroys everything. Everything the left destroys, it touches. It destroys cities. It destroys schools. Chicago has not had a Republican mayor since 1931. I am from Chicago. Chicago has not had a Republican mayor in over nearly 100 years. It's been 89 years, 90 years. The left controls our inner cities. The left controls our schools. The left controls the media. The left controls Hollywood. So what will it take? 
Hopefully it will take people to actually look in front and see the facts for themselves. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for Buck Sexton on the Buck Sexton Radio Show. The phone number is 844-900-2825. Check out my podcast, Apple Podcast. Type in Charlie Kirk Show. Press subscribe. If you do that, I'll take your call. Visit our website, tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. We will be right back. Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news. And disseminating information. With actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. Great. You're a great American. Again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Hello, everybody. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for the great Buck Sexton on the Buck Sexton radio show. I am the founder of Turning Point USA, tpusa.com, the nation's largest student organization fighting for free markets and limited government on college campuses all across the country, bringing the the fight to the front lines where it matters most. Fighting the culture war on over 1,400 high school and college campuses across the country. I am also the host of the Charlie Kirk Show podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Type in Charlie Kirk Show. Press subscribe. That's the Apple Podcast. Type in Charlie Kirk Show. Press subscribe. We have such amazing, talented people at Turning Point USA. And last hour you heard from Rob Smith, who's one of our spokesperson, spokespeople. He does an amazing job and one of just the creative mastermind behind so much energy and so much enthusiasm at Turning Point USA is a dear friend. He is our chief creative officer. I've been a fan of his for some time, and he recently joined our team at Turning Point USA. I believe he speaks the language of the internet better than anybody else I have ever come across. He does such an extraordinary job of capturing moments and and countering narratives and creating movements through video and through still images, and that is none other than Benny Johnson. Benny Johnson is the Good chief afternoon. creative officer at Turning Point USA. Benny, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm just going to let you keep going. I mean, that's pretty amazing to hear my boss just go on like that to a live audience. I mean, that's wonderful. What? Well, you just you just continue. I'm not. I'm not going to stop you. I, I I don't plan to stop. I mean every word. And for those of you listening, <laughs> Benny Johnson has just been such an amazing addition to our team at Turning Point USA. And he actually has a viral video that came out yesterday, which was ex- so funny, released at Turning Point USA on our YouTube channel. You can check it out. Benny, why don't you tell the audience what that video was, a little bit of the reac- reaction you've been getting, um, and what drove you to do it? Sure. Uh, so... This is a video that was shot inside of the 14th district in New York and taking kind of a step back. One of the best parts about Turning Point is the ability to actually go to where the news is happening and think creatively outside of the box of a typical publisher about how to tell a better story. And we're working really hard at Turning Point to do that. One of the more interesting things looking at polling is that even though you see people like Bernie Sanders running for president and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez being ardent socialists in the public arena, you see them saying that socialism is great, that their ideas are popular. However, polling suggests otherwise. Many Americans, the vast plurality of Americans do not agree with socialism, would not consider themselves socialists, and do not want socialism here in the country. It's something like 90 to 10. And so they are certainly on the losing side of public opinion. So as elected members of our government, what do their constituents think? So we went to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC's 
district, the 14th district of New York. It's a small nugget of a district up above Manhattan. It includes Astoria and some of the Bronx. And I went onto the street and asked her constituents, what do you think of socialism? It's not a trick question, not even a hard question. Uh, There was no gotcha answers. It's just plain and simple. And I asked for two and a half hours standing in what is essentially the heart of her district. And the responses I got were pretty shocking. Yeah. And I mean, some of them were pretty amazing. And you can check out the video at tpusa.com or go to our YouTube channel, Turning Point USA. So talk about a little bit of the answers you got, Benny, and the reaction. The video has gone totally viral, already has 318,000 views, where Benny actually talks to constituents in the 14th Congressional District. It seems like she has an Amazon-sized problem, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the reference, of course, being that AOC was beating the drum against having 25,000 new jobs come into her district. Because Amazon's a big. I've never uh, seen someone community. want. I've never seen someone want jobs out of their district as much as Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I've never seen someone fight to have less wealth and prosperity in their district as much as AOC. It's it's pretty incredible, but it's pretty on brand, Charlie. It's pretty on brand, actually, for a socialist to want that. In fact, everywhere socialism has been tried, that is precisely the result. So let's go. But like AOC is unquestionably the most popular socialist in America. I think that's it's you couldn't make an argument otherwise. Let's go to her district and find out. She's democratically elected. Let's find out what they think. And every person, Charlie, I am telling you every person except for one guy said socialism's garbage. We mm-hmm. spoke to over a dozen people. We just chatted with them on the street. They were going to and from work. They were opening up their own shops. They were business owners, chefs, students. And every one of them, not a single person advocated for socialism. Many of them had ardent advo- uh, ardently advocated against it, including a man from Yugoslavia who explained to us that he grew up under socialism and that it sucked and that he fled to escape socialism, comes to America, and then, poor guy, must have the worst luck in the world, AOC becomes his representative. I mean, <laughs> it's like he flees socialism, then he has a representative under it. So, Benny, talk a little bit about the creative vision that you're doing at Turning Point USA, some of the videos that you're making, just your whole direction that you're take, helping take our organization. And if you will, just talk about your journeys going to some of these campuses and the energy and the excitement that you see of these college and high school conservatives that are fighting back against the left. I had, before Benny answers this, I just have to say no one is better at adding comedy and timeliness to the creative process than Benny Johnson. So, Benny, talk a little bit about that, if you will. Oh, thank you, Charlie. I Well, okay, so let's look at this video. In this video, I spoke with a man who said, I love socialism. I said, that's fascinating. This was in the middle of AOC's district. This is fascinating. Tell me about it. Why? And he said, well, because everyone will be equal. The man happened to be wearing extremely expensive glasses. You could tell. They're designer glasses. So I asked him about it. Turns out he has Armani glasses custom made for him. He's a very successful author. He is a rich man. And he got into a Mercedes 300 class and drove off. Uh, that is proper socialism right there. Mm-hmm. And we actually had a really interesting exchange. It was humorous. I wasn't mean. I didn't yell at him. I'm not that guy. That's not my style. But it's funny. He was, he was laughing. He was laughing. His, you know, he was laughing a lot because, honestly, it is, it's called lim- you know, limousine liberalism or, uh, you know, or, or, or the, the classic socialist mentality that I will prosper 
and I could just say I want everyone else to prosper, but I'm not going to share any of my wealth with anyone else. Yes. The funny part about it is that pointing out all the expensive things that he owned right there in that little video, it sort of showed the comedy of the moment and a little bit of the hypocrisy uh, of his point. And so on college campuses, we're doing this across the nation. Uh, I just wrapped up a speaking tour called The Left Can't Meme, and the speaking tour <laughs> was essentially talking about how great the right is at, at making funny memes and communicating quickly and elegantly through visual images and through humor. And an interesting moment that happened on a college campus was a Black Lives, a swarm of Black Lives Matter. This has happened to you, Charlie. I've seen plenty of viral videos of this happened to you. Uh, a swarm of leftist protesters came to protest me. This was from a group from Black Lives Matter. And they yelled and they screamed at an event that I had in Baltimore. And then they, they you know, some of them marched off, but some of them wanted to have a debate. And so the question that I asked was, why are you upset? What makes you angry? And mm -hmm. with a one voice, truly, they all said criminal justice, criminal justice reform. We believe that the criminal justice system unfairly targets populations of Americans and then goes after them. And I said, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. So you don't trust the government to <laughs> operate effectively? And you think the government can be weaponized for the evil means of those who are in charge? Wait a second. You and I have a lot in common. <laughs> Hold on. So... Would you want the government to be more in charge of your health care? Would you like the government to be more in charge of your pocketbook? Would you like the government to be more in charge of your day-to-day -day life and what you can and cannot do? Mm -hmm. And resoundingly, these protesters, these leftist, ardent leftist protesters said, no, no, no. Yes. And so I guess, Charlie, if you're asking what we're doing on this what we're doing at Turning Point ultimately is it's trying to create that understanding that there is a huge Venn diagram of ideas that we share as young and energetic people. And mistrust of the federal government is one of them. And so let's key on that and explain to kids who may have never heard this before, heard our conservative viewpoint before, that we have a lot in common. And they should consider our ideas as well. Well, I love that, Benny. And so what do you find, Benny, when you go to these college campuses, when you get this, some of the liberal opposition, do you feel as if they have been properly exposed to these ideas or do you think that they've just been told to be opposed to them in the first place? Well, uh, a wise man once said that the left hates the idea that there are other ideas. That's uh, a quotable. And his name's... <laughs> his name's Ryan with Charlie Kirk. I think, I think that's really aptly, aptly said because they are not exposed. They are not exposed, Charlie, to the concept that if you are... If you are suspicious that the government is not being able to implement criminal, the criminal process fairly and effectively, then let's extrapolate that. Well, then how, why would you give them fair, like, why would you trust them to administer healthcare fairly or mm -hmm. administer taxation fairly or administer wealth theft fairly or a administer truly like any singular thing that they're trying to call it, what college, uh, college tuition reform or the SATs. That's a huge scandal right now. That is deeply unfair and deeply corrupt. Yeah, talk a little bit about that, Benny. I was going to do a segment on that, yeah. but just while you have the topic up, talk a little bit about this SAT nonsense, about the adversity score based on race, if you will. Yeah, so there are students who are being discriminated against. There's no other way to say it. They are being discriminated against wholesale 
because they meet certain metrics or don't meet certain metrics having to do with income or where they were born. And mm-hmm. if you talk about the definition of discrimination, the actual definition of discrimination, it's taking a large segment of the population, not an individual, Charlie, not an individual, a large segment of the population, and classifying them because of a certain trait. Mm-hmm. And this has happened throughout human history. The, some of the most horrific horrors of the world, uh, some of the most horrific horrors in world history have happened because people in power lumped large groups of people together by one identifying factor and then discriminated against them. That's exactly right. And said, you are, you are less than human or you deserve to be treated differently. Or better or worse true. or whatever. Just a different yeah. set of treatment based on something that people cannot control that is inherently prejudiced. Skin color um, or gender being one, two that come to mind. And, and for, Religion. For, this, for the sake of this example, the, the ACT and the SAT, the, the privilege score is based on something that you have nothing to do with, you, mm-hmm. where you grew up, how rich your parents are. And that they're not asking those questions. They're just assuming. So they're going to take a guy like me who was raised in Iowa and just assume, based on the demographics of Iowa, that I'm a privileged kid who never struggled. And that's so deeply, deeply unfair. And it, mm-hmm. it, is, it is basic bias and it is basic discrimination, and by any other name, it'd be called that. Uh, it's called a privilege score, and right now it's a, a huge scandal among college admissions. So what's happening, just so everyone understands, the SAT, the College Board, is instituting a new adversity score, for lack of a better term. And this gets no coverage in the press that is, and again, it's just, I'm, I'm, I, just I just typed it in to a search engine that will not be named. See, I don't use their name, Benny. I don't need, give, need to give these search engine tech companies more free advertising. I think their name's out pretty good, though. But uh, oh, the Atlantic. Ask Jeeves? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, Fetch. It's the Go Fetch one or whatever, right? <laughs> um, the reasoning behind the SAT's new disadvantage score from the Atlantic, of course. And um, we're going to talk more about that in a second. I got Benny Johnson, Chief Creative Officer at Turning Point USA, tpusa.com. Check out the website. Benny, hang on for another segment, and we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for the great Buck Sexton on the Buck Sexton radio show. I'm joined here by my friend and fellow patriot, Benny Johnson, Chief Creative Officer at Turning Point USA. So, Benny, I want to get your comment on this latest news here of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She just has a fun name to say, right? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her in the last week, really declaring war on the Democrat Party and in the Democrat primary saying, I'll be damned if we don't allow the people that have screwed up our environment to continue to run the environment. What do you think we as conservatives, how do you think we should continue to criticize and critique and challenge Alexandria (laughs) Ocasio-Cortez? That's a good accent there, Charlie. Very good. Uh, I believe that so much of what she's done has been honey badgering. She's just the honey badger on the Democratic side. And the honey badger just digs and digs and digs and digs. She should have never wanted to primary Joe Crowley, right? He was a very powerful man in the, D- in the Democratic Party. He was in leadership in the House. And she primaried him and she won. And so she's not going to stop now. 
Uh, she's not going to stop taking on the old, the white, the patriarchy inside the Democratic Party. The reason why is because that's what her id is. She is here to upset the apple cart inside of the party. And when she sees someone who is the same age as Joe Crowley, uh, gaining steam inside of the uh, presidential election, someone who has been in public service, Joe Biden, who's been in public service for de- decades. I think he's on his fifth decade of being in, in on the public dole. He's a lifelong politician. Now, she views him as responsible for the vast majority of problems that she's trying to solve. Mm-hmm. And so some of it is some of it is sit back and, and pop your favorite buttery popcorn and just watch the fireworks because the Democratic Party right now is a party without a soul. It's a party without an actual ideology that binds and unites. And it's going through enormous upheaval and an identity crisis that doesn't get reported on often, but a proper schism in the older unionite, the older unionized workers who made up the rust belt of the old Democratic Party, your father's Democratic Party, they might say. Mm-hmm. And the newer woke SJW campus Democratic Party, liberal campus uh, woke activists that we see day in and day out on college campuses, which is the new soul of the party. And they're at, they're at war. It's a bloody civil war, too. That's exactly right. So, Benny, talk in the couple uh, minutes we have remaining here, kind of what you see out of these young liberal activists. I'm, what What is driving them and what is the best way that people listening to this, parents can help fight back against the liberal indoctrination happening on our high school and college campuses. Yeah, Charlie, I'm an, I'm an, I would like to claim myself an expert at memes. I love memes. I love the way that memes communicate with young people. The left can't meme because they have no sense of humor and they can't communicate their ideas effectively in short sound bites. One of the best memes that talk about the modern Democratic Party is a meme called the NPC meme, non-playable character. And it's pretty much just a gray-faced, robotic character that repeats what is told to them by a computer program. And the NPC meme really irritates the modern left because they want to fancy themselves free thinkers when actually what the modern left is is simple simple regurgitation Mm -hmm. from CNN and MSNBC. That's right. Yep. Well, Benny, we're we're, there, Fed. I just want to thank you again, Benny. You are just a great talent at Turning Point USA, TPUSA.com. Keep up the great work that you are doing as our chief creative officer. You can find his work at our YouTube channel, just Turning Point USA, or check out our website. We are bringing the fight to college and high school campuses all across the country. Benny, thank you again for joining us. Please call our phone line, 844-900-2825, and we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for Buck Sexton on the Buck Sexton Radio Show. Honored to be here. I am the founder of Turning Point USA, TPUSA.com, the nation's largest student movement dedicated to educating, empowering, and organizing students around the values of free markets and limited government. Give us a call. It is Open Line Friday to use the Rush Limbaugh expression, 844-900-2825. That is 2825. President Trump is on a roll. His approval ratings are going up. You just see the amazing success he is delivering for our country on every single front daily. Lowest ever black unemployment, lowest ever Hispanic unemployment, lowest ever 
Asian American unemployment, lowest women un- female unemployment in 60 years. And this headline from CNBC, three states, including two big ones for the 2020 election, just set two new lows for unemployment. You see this amazing trend that is happening and the president is delivering these results at a record pace. It is amazing what he is able to do to pick up steam in these states and be able to create jobs for the middle parts of this country that have been so disenfranchised by the media elites. Vermont, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin have now set new all-time record low unemployment. This decline came the same month the national average fell to 3.6%, the lowest ever since 1969. This is a huge, huge deal. Three states, including two states that the president has to succeed in, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. If we had an honest press, if we had an honest media, the president would be at a 70% approval rating. The economy is roaring. Wages are finally going up. Jobs are coming back to our country. The president still has to really get Congress's approval to be able to solve the immigration crisis happening in our country. We have hundreds of thousands of illegals passing in to our country on the southern border. You look at the success that the president has been able to make on the foreign policy front. It is absolutely historic and it is game changing. Please share your thoughts. Our phone number is 844-900-2825. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for Buck Sexton, tpusa.com. Uh, you keep reading this these headlines about a supposed trade war with China. And Amazon, the superpower Amazon, is right in the middle of it. Amazon is now one of the most valuable companies in the world, owned by the world's richest man, Jeff Bezos. And they are the ultimate crony capitalists. Make no mistake. Do you know that Amazon right now is up for a $100 billion contract, $10 billion a year from the federal government? Our tax dollars could be funding the world's wealthiest company. Why would we do something like that? That is silly. It is backwards and it is wrong that our hard-earned tax dollars should go subsidize one of the most valuable companies in the world. The richest man in the world should be getting U.S. taxpayer dollars. The richest man in the world should be getting U.S. taxpayer support. It does not compute, does not make any sense. And this is one of the key distinctions that I want to make, that there is a fundamental difference between capitalism and cronyism. Many of the Democrats running for president rail against capitalism, when in reality they are really railing against cronyism. I don't support cronyism. The president does not support cronyism. Anyone on the center right does not support cronyism. Cronyism is using favors and access to political power, hiring the right lobbyists to be able to get government contracts and to be able to enrich yourself. Capitalism is having a good idea absent of government intervention, employing people, creating value, and being able to succeed in a market economy. Capitalism is absent government. Cronyism is using government. And far too often those two things get convoluted. Those lines get blurred. Where we find ourselves having to 
defend what the Democrats call capitalism when in reality it is cronyism. And in the midst of this trade war, alleged trade war with China, just newsflash, we have been in a trade war with China for the last 50 years, and they've been the only ones fighting. They have declared economic war on our country. They have declared economic catastrophe in our steel industry, with our workers, and we as a country have taken it for far too long. We as a country have allowed China to run roughshod over middle America, over manufacturing. They steal our intellectual property. They steal our cyber, they, they cyber hack our cyber grid. They steal data. They now are bidding for our satellite systems. They are building islands in the South China Sea. They are expanding their global empire all throughout sub-Saharan Africa and all over South America. And we as a country have to get very smart and very tough with China. They have used and abused our country for so long. They are the greatest enemy to the United States of America. China has gone unchecked for far too long. And we as a country have to get serious about the threat of China in our country. And this is the perfect time to be able to put China in check. This is the perfect time to put China on notice. This is the opportunity because I'm just reading another headline right now from CNBC. U.S. consumer sentiment surges to highest level in 15 years. This is a, these are amazing economic success and results that just keep pouring in one after the other after the other. Record-breaking economic success. 3.2% GDP growth. Lowest ever black unemployment. Lowest ever Latino unemployment. Lowest ever Asian American unemployment. Highest consumer sentiment in 50 years. Highest manufacturing sentiment in 30 years. Record GDP growth. Wages finally going up. Wages now, the average wage in America is $27 an hour. Under Obama, it was near $24 an hour. And it is climbing. It will soon hit $30 an hour, which will be a total record. The Trump tax cut has helped middle America. The Trump tax cut has helped expand jobs and opportunity. Deregulation. Donald Trump present, pr- promised to cut one regulation for every, no, to cut two regulations for every one regulation that was proposed. He has cut 22 regulations for every one regulation that was proposed. America is now energy independent for the first time in our history. We are now exporting more oil than we are importing. Think about that. We are exporting more oil than we are importing. We have more oil in our country, more natural gas in our country than almost any other country in the world. Even more than Saudi Arabia, even more than Iran, even more than Russia. And thanks to fracking and new technology, we are able to access that, those natural resources in a record capacity. And yet it seems as if the left continues to try to misrepresent the facts around the Trump presidency. Jim from Greenville, Tennessee, would love to hear from you. Happy Friday. Thanks for calling into the show. Charlie, it's an honor. I, I, I've been watching you from, from day one, um, turning point. For, literally, I've been following you guys from day one, from Graham Allen, uh, Candace Owens, the, the whole nine yards. You're doing a great job, sir. Um, you're you're an awesome patriot. Please keep doing what you're doing. Um I just, I can't, I, there's not enough accolades out there 
to throw at you. Uh, I rank you up there with, with the Shapiros and Steven Crowder and uh, Ruben, the whole nine yards, man. You're, well, you're doing an awesome job. Yeah, thank man. you so much. And that means so that means so much, Jim. And th- thank you for calling. Well, yeah, come from the heart. It, I'm look. I'm 40 years old, so I'm a little older than you. But <laughs> what you the the knowledge that you're putting out there for people and the common sense, which unfortunately isn't very common, mm-hmm. um, is is astronomical. And, and you, I just literally, I can't can't give you enough accolades. What you were saying about China. Uh, it's been kept. I blame this personally on Clinton uh, because in, in, I, I'm from East Tennessee, a um, little small town, Greenville, Tennessee. Uh, and when NAFTA was first enacted by Clinton, uh, I watched factories tank, literally, mm-hmm. maybe six months to a year after after that was all enacted, tank. And it, and it bombed my county. And I saw people left and right losing their jobs mm-hmm. because there was no factories uh, because of because of NAFTA. Um, and and for, for Donald Trump, who I love, to, to stand up, finally, we finally have someone standing up China. Because you used to see Made in America everywhere, and it wasn't outrageously expensive. Uh, yes, it's a little more expensive now uh, because China got the foot. I'll give you one great example, Charlie Kirk, one great example. There used to be a line of work called Scrappy. You could, you know, I knew guys that made a good living at going around. Mm, and I remember hearing about this. Met. Sure. Yes, absolutely. When when China flooded our market uh, with cheap metal, it lost those jobs. The, those guys no longer exist. You used to be able to crush a car, and I'm just using a car as an example. Uh, you, you guys would take in truckloads of metal and, and make good money. But uh, you used to be able to crush a car for, for $10 a hundred, okay? Or no, yeah, yeah, $10 for a hundred pounds. Uh, and you would make decent money at that. Um, not everybody, but, but guys had a niche for that. Now you're, you're talking to three and four dollars a hundred pounds. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because of China, uh, and now that we have a president that's standing up um, and and bucking the system, uh, as far as as you know, go to Walmart. Well, I, I totally agree, Jim. And, and look, here's here's what's here's what's really. And I'm a free market guy, and I, I I'm sure you are too. But we not we have not had free trade with China. We've had China trade. We've not had free trade. We've had a trade deal that benefits their cheating and their lying. And look, I'll tell you this, I will pay more for clothes, I will pay more for gadgets, if it means that fair and decent people in Tennessee have jobs. I will pay more for products, I will, I'll have less stuff. I think we as a country have been hypnotized to believe that piles of garbage in our garage are going to bring us happiness. And I think that we as a country have to get serious, tough on China, and say, you know what, maybe I need less garbage that I'm never going to use. M- less piles of stuff that I'm going to throw away so that we can have a cohesive country built around cultural values. And I think you just hit the, you just hit it right on the head how China has destroyed these small towns. And what no one talks about, they say, oh, well, we have access to cheaper goods. First of all, th- that probably is right on the surface. But how much stuff do we actually need? Do you, you I mean, there, I have cartons of stuff where I, that I've worn once that was all made in China. And, and, 
how many jobs that, that lose? How many textile industries that went out of business? That's why I'm only trying to buy clothes that are made in America now. I'm trying to actually practice what I preach. And in addition to that, Jim, I just want to reinforce another point you made here. Donald Trump is changing the game when it comes to China. China has ripped this country off with trade. And again, I'm a free trade guy. But do you know what trade really is? It means that you're both benefiting from the transaction. And when an entire portion of the American population loses dignity and loses work so that we can have more garbage of crap in our garage, I don't, I don't, that's not free trade to me whatsoever. And they are laughing all the way to build a super military in opposition to freedom and liberty. They don't believe in freedom of speech. They don't believe in freedom of expression. They don't believe freedom of religion. Thank you so much for the kind words, my friend. Keep following Turning Point USA, tpusa.com. We're going to take a short break. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for Buck Sexton. Subscribe for my podcast, Charlie Kirk Show on Apple Podcasts, and we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for the great Buck Sexton, founder of Turning Point USA, tpusa.com, host of the Charlie Kirk Show podcast. You can go to Apple Podcasts, type in Charlie Kirk Show, press subscribe, really helps us out. Well, it's actually happening. All shows must die. It really does kind of come... Full circle, Game of Thrones is coming to an end this Sunday. I promised I promised all my listeners that are listening, I will only do one segment and a short segment on Game of Thrones. I will just do a singular segment on Game of Thrones. Now, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. For those of you that aren't, I highly recommend you go back and watch the eight seasons. That's right, eight seasons. It is such phenomenal television. It deals with... If I had to really kind of nail down the big themes, if you will, of Game of Thrones. One of them is, what does loyalty actually mean and who are you loyal to? Second of which is family and what does it mean to be part of a family? And the third of which is loyalty. Is who are you actually loyal... I'm sorry, the third one is, what does your word mean? That's the third one. Is your word good? Because they keep on saying throughout the series, you have my word, you have my word, you have my word. As if, is the word actually your bond? So there's been a lot of hate out there. People have been saying, oh, Game of Thrones went off the rails. It's horrible. It's now all this terrible character development. They screwed up the character arcs, all these. I actually love it. I loved, I've loved this season. It has been captivating. It has been well-written. It has been engaging. I enjoyed that they got rid of... I'm, okay, hold on. I have to say this first. Spoiler alert. If you haven't yet seen it, spoiler alert, spoiler, 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 spoiler. I got in so much trouble for not doing this on my podcast. People were freaking out. And I'm going to be doing a special Charlie Kirk Show podcast right after the Game of Thrones season finale on Sunday night. I am going to be doing a special Game of Thrones podcast reacting to all eight seasons. I have loved to see the character development of Daenerys Targaryen. Daenerys Targaryen being... The leader that she is slowly yet methodically turn into a brutal dictator. We have seen this happen in history so often, and people have been cheering for her to be a hero, but unfortunately, that's not always realistic. When you get power over people, when you get unilateral military power, history shows us that that results in exploitation, and that results in suffering, and that results in tragedy. And that is exactly what this last episode showed us. Now in the final episode here, what will happen? Daenerys has all the, the power. Jon Snow feels betrayed. Tyrion was wrong. The Lannisters are dead. Jamie and Cersei are dead. The Cleganes are no longer with us. My prediction? 
going to put it on. I think Arya is going to kill Daenerys. That seems to be too cliche. Everyone seems to think that's going to happen. I think there might be some sort of mutually assured destruction right there. I think we're going to be very surprised. I, if I was Game of Thrones, I think they're going to surprise us. I think they're going to do something that will have ripple effects for a long time. Stay with us for the next hour. Phone number is 844-900-2825. 844-900-2825. Charlie Kirk, GPUSA.com. Stay with us. Be right back. Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. One call Make no mistake. America. Ready. You're a great American. Again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Hello, everybody. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for the great Buck Sexton. Welcome to Hour 3. We're having a great time. Happy Friday. Buck is a great American patriot and great friend. We work with him closely here at Turning Point USA to fight America's culture war. We are on the front lines on college and high school campuses bringing the fight of American exceptionalism and free markets to those that want to hear it. Today, Bill Barr in a Fox News interview was asked, all about the Steele dossier and about some of the spying surrounding it. Let's go to cut three, dive right into it. Again, I, I don't want to speculate. What I will say is that, uh, you know, I've, I've been trying to get answers to questions, and I found that a lot of the answers have been adic- inadequate. And I, I've also found that uh, some of the explanations I've gotten don't hang together. So in, in a sense, I have more questions today than I did when I first started. Some of what things don't hang together? Some of the explanations of what occurred. Why does that matter? Well, because I think people have to find out what the government was doing during that period. If we're, if we're worried about foreign influence, for the very same reason, we should be worried about whether government officials abuse their power and put their thumb on the scale. And, and so I'm not saying that happened, uh, but I'm saying that we have to look at that. And what I love about Bill Barr is just his his sober approach. Just here are the facts that I'm trying to find. I have no agenda. I've asked some questions. I've been underwhelmed by the answers. It, this this guy could not be more factual. This guy could not be driven by the pursuit of truth. And yet it seems that the left is trying to do everything they can to misrepresent and demagogue him. This guy has no agenda except doing what is right. Let's go to cut four. It's a very unusual situation to have opposition research like that, especially one that on its face uh, had a number of clear mistakes and a, and a somewhat jejune analysis and to, and to use that to, to conduct uh, counterintelligence against the American political campaign is a strange, uh, would be a strange development. I'm not sure how, what role it played, but that's something we have to look at. And... And this, this is exactly why Bill Barr has been such a change of pace from the Attorney General's office versus his predecessor. The predecessor would never have been able to approach the issue like he has, to be able to say that here's the problem, here's how we're going to solve it, and let's just find the answers. I'd love to hear your thoughts. The phone number is 844-900-2825. Again, that's 844-900-2825. Let's go to cut six, Nancy Pelosi's response to all this. You are being heavily criticized by Democrats, by the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. She believes you lied under oath. What do you think of that charge? 
Well, I think it's a, it's a laughable charge, and I think it's largely being made to try to discredit me, partly because they may be concerned about the outcome of a, of a review of what happened during the, uh, during the election. He, do you hear that? That's the attorney general implying or directly saying what, I, what we all in the conservative community have been saying for some time, that they're unhappy about a particular result from the election. Therefore, this is the way they have been acting. Essentially, this entire thing is that they're upset that Donald Trump won and they have been using the highest levels of government to go after people that they disagree with. They've been using the highest levels of power to go after supporters and friends and allies of the Trump machine and of the Trump administration. And Nancy Pelosi, I just, I I don't understand. I mean, (laughs) what I love is when people call her a moderate on TV. Well, she's really trying to be a moderate. It doesn't just because there are other radical people around you, it doesn't make you a moderate. Never forget that. That's one of the political laws and rules that I that I frequently say. Just because there are other radical people that have popped up, it does not make you more moderate just because you're in relation to them. Just because someone is advocating for the total abolition of private property and the complete destruction of our constitution and the complete deconstruction of our culture and our country. It does not mean that just because you want to do that slower or less that you're somehow not a moderate. And Bill Barr has been the purveyor of truth. It just feels so good to finally have an attorney general who is standing for ethical investigations, who is trying to search for answers, and who is trying to get to the bottom of this entire witch hunt of Donald Trump and the weaponization of government. If you ask me, I think the $30 million that were used of taxpayer dollars should now that bill should be slapped on the DNC. If it was not for the DNC funding the dossier, if it was not for the Hillary Clinton campaign funding the dossier, this never would have happened. And I understand this can be very confusing. I have some very, very smart friends that get, even get confused about this. Let's hit the phone lines. Felix from Pennsylvania. Happy Friday. What's on your mind? Hey, Charlie. Happy Friday to you. Pleasure to speak with you. You know, uh, since you're with the Turning Point, I really haven't had a chance to look into you guys, but, you know, it, it brings to mind, you know, the educational system in this country has been so hijacked by the left. And I'm going to be 60 years old this year, and I can tell you, it goes back to elementary school, even when I was in school. Oh, I mean, look, it goes, it goes decades and decades back, doesn't it? And so the work that we are doing at Turning Point USA is trying to deprogram and trying to peel back some of the destruction that the educational power complex has done to young people and students all across the country. And, and, you know, and, and in my opinion, I think that Donald, President Donald Trump represents classic Norman Rockwell Americana. You know, and I wonder where are going to be the future leaders who are like him, who are going to take the reins, you know, in all levels of politics and help bring this country back on track. I fear that after he's done, you know, this country's just going to go completely down the toilet. Well, look, we're, we're not going to let that happen, first of all, but I do share a fear that you have, and thank you so much for the call, and the phone number is 844-900-2825. Uh, we're going to do our Rush Limbaugh equivalent of Open Line Friday here, and I do agree with this, that we are so blessed and so lucky to have the president. President Trump has been such a fundamental game changer for our country. And if it wasn't for him courageously fighting up against the institutional entrenched interests on both sides of the aisle, where would we be? The president moved the embassy to Jerusalem. The president canceled the Iran deal. The president deregulated our economy. 
The president has brought peace to the Korean Peninsula. The president has held Russia in check and made NATO better financed than ever before. The president has made immigration a focal issue, which is a crisis here. The president has oversaw the greatest economic boom in American history, 3.2% GDP growth, lowest ever black, Latino, and Asian unemployment. Manufacturing jobs are finally coming back to this country. Wages are going up. We are seeing an era of prosperity and peace come back to our country. The president signed the Veterans Accountability Act, which allowed us to fire bad employees at the Veterans Administration that were not doing their job. The president signed prison reform, which allowed us to have the capacity to peacefully reenter nonviolent criminals from our prison system into society, something that the left always talks about, but President Trump actually delivered. The president signed the Right to Try Act, which allows people that have terminal illnesses allowed to get waivers so they can try potentially life-changing drugs and medicine. The president has signed on every single front, on every single frontier, I should say, the president has been able to deliver results. And even something that was brought to my attention, just what he did with the farm bill recently, to be able to help the hemp industry, which has is really a counter to the pharmaceutical industrial complex. The pharmaceutical industry has such unbelievable power in America, and the president signed a farm bill that really deregulated the, the regulation of hemp, which brings relief to millions of Americans all across the country, and that industry is growing so quickly and so amazingly. It's, it, there's a lot of medical there's a lot of medical studies now behind it that that's a lot better for you than some of these concocted pharmaceutical industries. And so whatever the problem might be, the president comes at it of what is best for our country, what can I do to help create jobs, create wealth, and create prosperity and advance peace for the constituents that I care about. And I totally agree. Where would we be without President Trump? And lest us not forget Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, the 150 circuit court judges that have now been put in place. And I'll tell you, and I have in the past been very critical of Mitch McConnell, but Mitch McConnell, I don't agree with him on everything. There's some things I vehemently disagree with. I think he should have, I think he should fight a lot harder on immigration. But he has been great on judges. He has been great on Gorsuch. He was great on Kavanaugh. You've got to give Mitch McConnell credit on Kavanaugh. And he was great. He's been great with these circuit court judges. And if there is an issue that you want your Senate majority leader to be correct on, it is judges because past Republican Senate majority leaders have not been great on judges. The past past Republican Senate majority leaders, I can't remember the name in the early 2000s of the Republican Senate majority leader. I want to say it was Trent Lott. I could be totally mistaken there, but I will I will fact check that. That past Republican Senate majority leaders have were actually yes that he was Senate he was Senate minority leader Trent Lott could get the exact name had had wanted nothing to do with the kind of judges yeah he was senate majority leader that's right yeah trent lott was for six months and then uh tom dashell came in for that but trent lott to dashell they wanted nothing to do with these kind of principal judges that mcconnell has put in place so i do have to give him credit for that so our phone number is 844-900-2825 we're going to take a short break call in Happy Friday, Charlie Kirk, TPUSA.com, host of the Charlie Kirk Show podcast. You can type in Charlie Kirk Show to Apple Podcasts. Please press subscribe. Really, really helps us out. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. Charlie Kirk filling in for the great Buck Sexton on the Buck Sexton radio show. I'm the founder of Turning Point USA. 
tpusa.com, fighting on the front lines of college and high school campuses across the country, so you don't have to. The American culture war is on. The left is doing everything they can to deconstruct this country one piece at a time, but they're going to have to get through us first at Turning Point USA. We believe that we are living in the greatest country ever to exist in the history of the world, that we've been given a gift by our founding fathers and the generations before us that gave so much, that sacrificed so much for this country. And we are doing everything we possibly can to preserve and protect and conserve this country for future generations. On high school and college campuses, this is where the American culture war is brewing. We're taking your calls. Open line Friday to use the Rush Limbaugh expression, 844 900 2825. That is 844-900-2825. I'm also the host of the Charlie Kirk Show, which if you want to do one thing to help the conservative movement tonight, one thing that costs you no money to help the conservative movement tonight, if you have an iPhone and you're listening, this takes 20 seconds. Go to your podcasts. Every iPhone has a podcast app. Press podcast. Type in Charlie Kirk Show. Press subscribe. Give it five stars. This helps. Podcasts are traditionally dominated by the left. Podcasts are traditionally dominated by the radicals. Podcasts are traditionally monopolized by people on the extremes. But you have an opportunity right now to subscribe and to be able to help rebalance that conversation and help affect the next generation to be able to hear more about our ideas. Because every new subscription, every new time you sign up for our Charlie Kirk Show podcast and Apple Podcasts, help us climb in the rankings and more people will hear it. And we really are in the midst of an American culture war right now. A culture war that will be determined, the winner of this culture war will be able to pave the way for the next generation. The winner of this culture war will be the, will be the answers to these questions. Do we want to be a country that embraces victimhood or victorhood? Do we want to be a country that appreciates why we are the greatest country ever to exist in the history of the world or not? And I'm afraid that we are not teaching the next generation adequately these ideas or these values or these principles. Today, Bernie Sanders had quite a news day. Breadline Bernie Sanders or Bolshevik Bernie Sanders. You can vote online. Go to tpusa.com and tell me what you think. Go to tpusa.com and say, Charlie, I like Breadline Bernie or Bolshevik, Bolshevik Bernie. Bolshevik Bernie, my co, my executive producer says Bolshevik Bernie. I think we like Bolshevik Bernie better. Now, uh, Politico.com, Bernie's mystery Soviet tapes revealed. Unseen by the public for three decades, a Politico reporter views hours of footage from his 1988 honeymoon to the USSR. Could you imagine honeymooning to the U- USSR? Could you imagine being married? It's the greatest time of your life. And you willingly want to go to the Soviet Union? 88, newlywed Bernie Sanders, is quoting from Politico, is in the Soviet Union with his wife, Jane. That alone should be, hold on a second. He willingly went on a celebratory trip to the Soviet Union? The mood is festive. As the two bestow the items, a Beatles item, a Beatles album, a red Bernie for Bur- Burlington button. <laughs> he was passing out campaign paraphernalia. Wait, this sounds like collusion, though. This sounds like he's inter- interfering in our elections. He, sh- he should be investigated. He should be investigated for meeting with Russians. Hold on a second. There's now more evidence that he colluded with Russia than anyone else. And it goes on here that 
these three and a half hours of raw, never publicly seen footage of the trip Sanders took to the Soviet Union. That was his honeymoon. Politico viewed the tapes this week along with forgotten hour-long footage of a TV show created by Sanders that featured the same trip at the offices of a Vermont government access channel. I mean, he has he has held some extraordinarily extreme positions. And if you actually read some of the stuff that he used to talk about, uh, it, it just it will just be stunning. I mean, such as the legalization of heroin. I mean, we got a lot of problems in our country. I don't think legalizing heroin is going to be a way to actually solve or remedy some of our problems in our country. And so it goes on. This article you can find on Politico.com, and you can watch the three and a half hours of bread lo- Bolshevik Bernie Sanders, Bolshevik Bernie Sanders, and his uh, struggle with Marxism and the Soviet issue. Yeah, he's got a red scare problem. It's just amazing to me. I mean, if Donald, if there were, you want to just play it on the other foot? Could you imagine if there were tapes of Donald Trump honeymooning in the Soviet Union? Could you imagine if there were tapes of Donald Trump vacationing in the Soviet Union? It would be, Donald Trump is a communist! Donald Trump is... And then Bernie Sanders willingly went there on a celebratory trip. He was mayor of Burlington. What is with all these mayors? Booker was mayor. Buttigieg was mayor. And this was during the time while we were fighting the Soviet Union in the Cold War. And the quote from the Politico article, this video also paints a fuller picture of why Sanders ventured to the land of America's number one enemy in the midst of the Cold War, the anti-war idealism that fueled his journey and what he found out when he got there. I mean, did he enjoy the famine? Maybe it was the suffering or the poverty that he really enjoyed or the lack of freedom or the inability to criticize the government. What exactly did Bernie Sanders enjoy when he's honeymooned in the Soviet Union? What exactly did he find appealing? And, and and kind of to connect all this, the Democrat National Committee today, finance chair, affirms neutrality in response to concerns from Bernie Sanders' allies. I'm still amazed that Bernie Sanders did not fight harder against Hillary Clinton in the, in the convention in 2016. She stole it from him. He very easily could have put a bigger fight, and he kind of just turned away from it. He turned away from it. Bernie Sanders has been allowing... The left, the, the, the corporatist side of the Democrat Party to run roughshod over him. The only question is, is he finally going to stand up for it? I have a new piece on foxnews.com. You should check it out. Millennials and Gen Z support Trump despite the left's best efforts. Donald Trump is climbing in the polls with young people. It's part of the education process that we are doing at Turning Point USA. I encourage you to check out our website, tpusa.com. You can follow me on Twitter at CharlieKirk11 or go to the Charlie Kirk Show podcast. Press subscribe. Give us five stars. That really helps us out. We're going to be right back with more on Biden and many other things. Please subscribe to our podcast, Charlie Kirk Show, and go to tpusa.com. Charlie Kirk filling in for the great Buck Sexton. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for the great Buck Sexton. On the Buck Sexton Radio Show, I am the founder of Turning Point USA, tpusa.com, the nation's largest student organization dedicated to educating, empowering, and organizing students around the ideas of free markets, limited government, the Constitution, and American exceptionalism. We believe America is the greatest country ever to exist in the history of the world. 
We believe that the Constitution is the greatest political document ever written, and we believe that free enterprise capitalism is the most moral, proven, and effective economic system ever discovered. Front page of the Drudge Report, Biden shows early strength, surprising early strength. Biden's surprising early strength. Can anyone stop him? Leads Democrats by 18 points. So I read this, and I've made the prediction. I think Joe Biden is going to fail publicly and miserably and in a Shakespearean way decline from this front-runner status that he's enjoying right now. So let's go back to a couple other headlines that we can reflect on. December 29th, 2014. CNN ORC poll. Jeb Bush surges to 2016 GOP frontrunner. Quote, Jeb Bush is the clear Republican presidential frontrunner surging to the front of the potential GOP pack. Following his announcement that he's, quote, actively exploring a bid, he takes nearly one quarter, 23% of Republicans surveyed in the new nationwide poll, putting him 10 points ahead of his closest competitor, Chris Christie who tallied at 13%. Physician Ben Carson came in at third with 7%. Rand Paul and former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee both tied at 6%. I don't think anyone that was listed in that poll even finished in the top three with delegate counts. Jeb Bush, GOP frontrunner. How about another one? How about another one? A little further in time. January 31st, 2015. Jeb Bush has become the GOP frontrunner for 2016. So now what? In this whole article, this is the Washington Post, talks about how Bush is so strong and he's raising all this money and these quotes you know, of all of these people, all these Washington insiders of, it's a great day for Jeb Bush, said Brian Ballard, a lobbyist who led Romney's 2012 lobbying efforts in Florida, who actually ended up helping Donald Trump. Brian's a good man. I think Jeb had 75% of the money folks here. This brings in the other 25%. He's talking about a huge fundraiser that he did. You read these articles, you say, oh my goodness, how could this guy have ever not been the nominee? How about this one? June 8th, 2015, an exclusive dailycaller.com. Jeb Bush is the clear leader in latest New Hampshire GOP poll. The Daily Caller. This is written by Chuck Ross. Good guy. June 2015. Quote, Jeb Bush is a clear front runner in a New Hampshire GOP presidential poll. The poll conducted by Gravis Marketing on behalf of the Howie Carr Show shared exclusively with the Daily Caller as 487 Republican primary voters who they would support in a crowded GOP field. I must remind you, this is further along in the timeline than even we are right now. Jeb Bush, clear front runner in New Hampshire GOP poll. But then something changed and someone came down a golden escalator and blew it all up and changed the political dynamics forever in this country. He couldn't be bought. He couldn't be told what to say or what to do. And he totally disrupted the status quo as we know it. And I have headline after headline. And I look at this headline here at Reuters. Biden shows early strength, surprising early strength. I'm going to say this right now. The best part of Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign is right now. It is such a big field with so many opportunistic people in this field. They are going to do everything they possibly can to destabilize and defeat Joe Biden. 
they are not going to allow him to be the nominee. He's been on every single side of every issue. Immigration, he once supported building the wall. Immigration, he once supported, now he supports not building a wall and tearing down all the walls. And so I actually have another headline. National Journal, Marco Rubio, front runner. The front runner, Marco Rubio. He's the front runner in the 2016 presidential race. And it goes on to say that he's the, he's the true pick for all that want to unite the conservatives and unite the establishment. He's like Jeb Bush, but even better. And, and we all know how that worked out for Marco. December 10th, 2015. Is Ted Cruz 2016's invisible GOP frontrunner? Now, Ted actually did a lot better than people thought. He paced well ahead of many of the polls would have suggested. And you look at article after article after article. Ted Cruz frontrunner. Ted Cruz frontrunner. How Ted Cruz became the GOP frontrunner. February 9th, 2016. Cruz wins Iowa, putting him as the top GOP frontrunner. Actually, that was a pretty, pretty, rather amazing accomplishment. What am I getting at here is that all these frontrunners ended up not actually being the nominee. That the media tries to anoint and tries to crown these people early on in the race ends up being the worst thing they possibly can. Leads Dems by 18 points. I'm actually surprised his lead is not even bigger than it is right now. Everyone in the primary already knows who he is. They know his stances on, or his lack of stances on most of the issues. But the political energy is around Bernie Sanders. And so I actually look at this poll. It's quite interesting. Again, I don't trust these polls. Who knows what these polls are? Biden was supported by 35% of likely Democrat primary voters, up from 31% in March, while Sanders sat at 17%. A slight dip from March 23rd when he had 23%. So according to this poll, it has... Sanders has, I'm sorry, Biden, Sanders, and then Elizabeth Warren, followed by Kamala Harris, and then Pete Buttigieg. Where's Beto, by the way? Where's Robert Francis O'Rourke? What happened to Robert Francis O'Rourke? The Robert Francis O'Rourke, see, I don't call him by his fake name, Beto. He's not Hispanic at all. I call him by his birth name. He's Irish, not Hispanic. Robert Francis O'Rourke. So you look at this poll here, and... It goes to show, oh, how could Joe Biden possibly be beat? How could anyone dare challenge Joe Biden with what he's doing? Well, quite, quite easily and quite simply. Being a front runner at this time in this race puts a massive target on your back. Being the front runner, quote unquote, in the race prevents you from taking risk and it prevents you from being able to make positions or do rallies or events that would actually draw people potentially to you. You're in preservation mode. You're not in explore. You're not in the mode of trying to actually win over potential converts. You're trying to keep a lead. You're trying to play not to lose. So Joe Biden, that you'd be in the worst position right now. I wouldn't want to be in first at this point. Are you kidding me? We're not. We're we're still ten months out from the Iowa caucus. We are still 10 months out from New Hampshire. We are 11 months out from the most consequential primaries. We are so far out from the positions, from the actual primaries and the caucuses that are going to determine the nominee. And you're trying to tell me there's not going to be some 
destabilization. You're not trying to tell me the media is going to enjoy building Joe Biden up and then systematically making him fall and defeat him. The media is trying to create Joe Biden to be even bigger than he really is right now. This caricature of the old world. This is what they are doing. The media is trying to make it seem as if he's unstoppable. The media is trying to make it seem as if he cannot be beat. The media is trying to make it seem as if it's already done. Therefore, whoever dares slay that dragon is a hero. Therefore, whoever actually ends up defeating Joe Biden, it's like defeating Donald Trump first in the Democrat primary. They're trying to make it seem as if it's inevitable. It's Joe Biden and Trump, and Joe Biden and Trump are kind of similar. They both reach the same kind of voters. Joe Biden and Trump are both blue-collar. They both have a lot of blue-collar support. They both have a lot of blue-collar resonance, and the media is doing this intentionally. The media is trying to create this narrative of who can beat Joe Biden and the person who slays that dragon, whether it be Pete Buttigieg or Kamala Harris or well, it's not going to be Robert Francis O'Rourke or Beto. I don't think I don't think it's Beto. I particularly don't have an affinity for Robert Francis O'Rourke. There's something about him really, I think, is it, I think it's rather disingenuous. I think it's rather disingenuous. Yet, the media is trying to create Joe Biden to be this larger-than-life figure because then it lends itself to this heroic come-from-behind journey for some Democrat to reach up and win against all odds, and that will then create a story they never thought they had a chance they defeated joe biden therefore they can defeat donald trump and that is what they are trying to do to go in 2020 because the media actually wants someone more in the mold of cory booker or kamala harris or elizabeth warren or pete Buttigieg, more new age more radical not someone who has been bought and paid for by china not someone who has oversaw some of the worst policy decisions made in our country Instead, they want someone who can embrace the vibrant, radical, progressive energy of their base and then have a narrative that this person defeated Joe Biden, therefore that person can defeat Donald Trump. And I do not think the polls are actually nearly as tight, or as, as um, for lack of a better term, let me correct that, are as different or as... Uh, the lead is not as great, let me put it that way, as people may think. So Joe Biden, you're in a tough position right now. you got a big target on your back. I would not want to be in the position that you're in right now. This is Charlie Kirk, host of The Charlie Kirk Show. You can subscribe by going to Apple Podcasts, type in Charlie Kirk Show, press subscribe, give it five stars. Also founder Turning Point USA, tpusa.com. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Charlie Kirk filling in for Buck Sexton on the Buck Sexton Radio Show. I am the host of the Charlie Kirk Show on Apple Podcast. You can type in Charlie Kirk Show and press subscribe. I am also the founder of Turning Point USA, tpusa.com. We are the nation's largest student movement dedicated to educating, empowering, and organizing students around the values of free markets, limited government, and the Constitution. You know, we are present on now 1,400 high school and college campuses across the country. We see the implications of what a broken educational system has become. And we understand how important it is to fight for these values and these principles every single day. And if we do not fight for our country, we will soon have 
a country and a culture that will soon be unrecognizable? Are we going to be a country that is thankful that we live here or angry that we live here? Are we going to be victims or are we going to be victors? Are we going to be a country that appreciates how far we have come and recognize that we have made mistakes, but our country is not a mistake? Or are we going to be a country that all of a sudden says that everything we have done up until this point has been a mistake, we are a mistake, and we must deconstruct it? At Turning Point USA, we believe that the nation's best hope lies within our young people. It is a fight that is critical to the future of our republic. We must do everything we can to educate, empower, identify, and organize the next generation around these ideas. Our country has been through so much adversity throughout the years. Wars, civil war, positive movements, negative movements, division. And if we have a failure to recognize the fundamental values that made our country so successful and so great, I'm afraid that we will quickly head in the wrong direction. Isn't it stunning how we have an entire generation that is now embracing socialism? That did not happen by mistake. These ideas were taught by a group of college professors and a group of high school teachers that over many decades put their values into a generation put the values into a generation that impacted culture, put the values into a generation that then impacted culture and academia and our entire civil institutions as we know it. Unfortunately, if we do not educate and if we do not get into that marketplace of ideas and talk about the Constitution and talk about free markets, the socialist movement in our country will then be successful. And you can see already the success of people like Bernie Sanders. Do you know most of Bernie Sanders' support comes from young people? I see this all the time at the work we're doing at Turning Point USA on college and high school campuses all across the country. And we have groups in all 50 states. We have the nation's largest young women's leadership summit, the nation's largest young Latino leadership summit. We have the nation's high school leadership summit. Anyone listening to this? As high school students, you might want to have them get involved, get involved in politics, get involved in the culture fight. They can go to tpusa.com and apply for our Teenage Student Action Summit coming up in July. Any young women listen to this program, and you might want to go to one of our conferences, you can go to tpusa.com and apply for our Young Women's Leadership Summit. And we hear all the time students that are being silenced because of their beliefs. But it's been so much fun being with you these last uh, three hours and a couple times this week. If you like what you've heard, please go to Apple Podcast, subscribe to the Charlie Kirk Show, go to tpusa.com, get involved, help us out however you can, and I will see you sometime soon. This is Charlie Kirk signing off from the Buck Sexton Radio Show.